0: Hey, this is Dr. Shervin. Muskoka Magazine is brought to you by Dairy Lane Dental, keeping Muskoka smiling for over 30 years. Please visit dairylanedental.com.
1: National Indigenous Day for Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women, Girls, and Two Spirited. It is a day to honor and remember, to learn and understand. I dedicate today's show to my own sisters. I'm from a family of six girls, my poor father, and also I dedicate it to the hundreds and thousands of. Missing, lost girls and women, girls who had hopes and dreams, who had uh, families and jobs, and who lived in community, whether on or off reserve. There are over 1,700 missing or murdered Indigenous women and girls in Canada. Indigenous women, are killed at six times the rate of non-Indigenous women in this country. Alberta had 93 cases between 2015 and 2019, which is the highest number of missing and murdered Indigenous women and girl girl cases uh, in Canada. And let's be honest, violence toward any woman or girl whatever color, should be preventable and must be preventable. So, I am Indigenous, and that's why we're talking about uh, missing and murdered Indigenous women and girls. Because it's a very, very uh, highly traumatic subject matter, as many of our topics have been that, uh, on my shows. And if you are someone who no longer has a sister, a mother, an aunt, a grandmother, or a friend that's gone missing, or either murdered. Just know you're not alone in your struggle. And there is a 24 hour national hotline at 1 844 413 6649 if you need help. So at the onset, it's really important that I share some. Pretty important thoughts. And I'm just going to go through all six so you can hear them. And I really do appreciate you tuning in uh, to today's show and that we can learn together as we're on the journey toward uh, reconciliation and hearing the truth. Number one, Indigenous women are not less than or unworthy because of our skin color our race and culture, or for just being born a woman or female. Number two, Indigenous women do not ask to be raped, beaten, tortured, killed, or murdered. Number three, there is a disproportionate number of Indigenous women who are human trafficked in Canada. Number four, Indigenous women bleed red. Number five, Indigenous women are educated, have families, children, lives, jobs, hopes, and dreams. We are not uneducated women and girls just because of our skin color. And number six, Indigenous women do not choose human trafficking. It was not a choice. It was not a career of choice. So with keeping those six thoughts in mind, traditionally, Indigenous women were leaders of our communities, life bearers and water keepers and clan mothers. We held community. And were were held in honor and integrity and of a high regard in our communities. We were basically the glue at the very heart of relationship in families and within those communities of families. I find this very difficult to describe the integrity and the respect that we had, we once had, knowing that that has been lost and. The threat to Indigenous women today. Um, so I find it very difficult to describe um, that role because it has been taken away. So if we look again very quickly at uncolonizing, and what does that actually mean in relationship to missing and murdered Indigenous women and girls, that each of us must find a new way of knowing. That means a new way of translating our beliefs and our value systems and our thoughts. And that's really hard to do when we've learned that as a child. We've learned what we believe. We've learned our values by what we've seen, by what we've experienced, by what we were told. So each of us really has a responsibility to unpack and to learn and listen, and hear the untruths, and then look at the reality, and what are the, the truths? Look at the untruth, and then let's really define ourselves from the, the actual truth. And so, so uncolonizing asks something of each of us. And it can't be that it's just no, uh, uh, a checklist, and that we, it's, oh, we understand that Women and girls have gone missing. Okay, let's move on. That's not what it is. So it really is time to admit, submit, and remit. And what does that mean? To admit there were wrongs. To submit that, that we all played a part in it. That we were all colonized, settler and indigenous. And that it's not our fault that that has happened but we must take personal responsibility today to unpack it. And it's not about feeling sorry with loads of guilt. Um, Yes, that's part of the process of unpacking and uncolonizing, but we can't get stuck there in the simple sorry. So I wanted to share a couple of quick stories. I met an ally over the past number of months, and this ally is a member of the police force in our community of Huntsville. And in conversation, he said to me, as we were discussing, he said, it is part of my moral fiber to heal and to understand and to take responsibility and to think differently. And that will help me act differently. I found that very profound that it is part of my moral Fiber. I met another um, person recently, and um, she asked me, "Where are the women and girls? What what is the theory?" And I looked at her and I said, "There are no theories. Indigenous women and girls have gone missing and have been murdered in this country." She actually began to physically back away from me, as I said. That is the truth. And again, she questioned, so how do you know that's the truth? So that's, those are opposing attitudes. And yes, the second one was questioning and trying to understand, but was having a lot of trouble believing that it was not just a theory that Indigenous women and girls have gone missing and they're murdered. And so when I actually started to explain to her that there was a man um, in Vancouver and who went onto the Highway of Tears and he ended up um, uh, taking uh, many Indigenous women and not just Indigenous, they were found um, all lots of women on his farm and and his name was Robert Picton, and that's who I'm talking about and I said that to her and she looked very oddly at me like that's not the truth and I said you need to do do some research and so we can no longer have our heads in the sand so to speak and to be dismissive and to back away and to hide from what the truth is for me that's the same as as lying and not hearing the truth to have blinders on so we must be able to peel back the layers and to look at the the wound and and to live in it and the fact is that there is an epidemic in this country of Canada that women are going missing they're still going missing and they're still being murdered and yes it just happens to be indigenous women you are listening to on Mohawk Time, on Haunter's Bay Radio, you're tuned in to 88.7. And with that, let's take a quick break.
0: I'm Dr. Shervin from Dairy Lane Dental, and you're listening to Muskoka Magazine. Hey, uh, I just want to chime in and, uh, say something about... Uh, wondering let just think about it now If the moccasin Was on the uh, Other foot eh, uh, And white women Are going missing eh, uh, You know It would be A different story I'm just asking Why Why would it be a different story no one deserves to be left for dead at the hands of a man, no less. Eh, women are killing our women. Eh, no, let's uh, let's look at it for what it is, hey. Eh? Let's look right at that uh, center of it and right at the root and see what's going on, and let's stop killing, hey. Eh? women they don't deserve it Mm, no let's sound the alarm eh? dingy 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 the white women are missing let's put that moccasin on the other foot and see what would have happened
1: Indigenous women are 12 times more likely to be murdered or go missing. The homicide rate for Indigenous women is five times higher than non-Indigenous women in this country. 67% are murder cases, which means that death is the result of homicide or negligence. 4% are cases of suspicious death, which means death regarded as natural or accidental by the police, but are what is considered suspicious by family or community members. Nine percent of cases where the uh, nature of the case is unknown, it is unclear whether the woman was murdered, is missing, or died in suspicious circumstances. Over half of the cases, 55%, involve Indigenous women and girls under the age of 31 who have gone missing or murdered. 17% are women and girls 18 or younger. And only 8% of the cases involve women over the age of 45. Some pretty tough Canadian statistics. This is the reality. These are facts. Only 53% of murder cases involving Aboriginal women and girls have led to homicide uh, charges. That's 53%. And this is dramatically different from the national rate for non-Indigenous female homicides in Canada, which was last reported by Statistics Canada at 84%. So there's a big difference, 53% to 84%. So almost 10 years ago in 2014, a report called Invisible Women in Canada, a call to action, called on the federal government to work with provinces and territories and municipalities to create a public awareness and prevention campaign that focused focusing on the violence against Indigenous women and girls. The report also asked the government um, that the government strengthen the criminal justice system to ensure that violent and repeat offenders serve their appropriate sentences. And I can give you a really good example of that. I attended a, um, on the missing and murdered May 5th day of this year, I attended a day long event, and there was a lawyer there who defends victims of uh, human trafficking. And she said, for one example, someone received a a 12-year sentence and only served four to five years of that sentence. Also in 2019, the final report on missing and murdered Indigenous women and girls was released. And here's what it contains. It contains the truth of over 2,380 family members um, and survivors of violence, experts in the field, and knowledge keepers. So these interviews and truths were gathered over a two-year period across the country of Canada with public hearings and evidence gathering. And the result is, and hopefully you know about this already, the 231 individual calls for justice, um, which is directed at governments, institutions, social service providers industries and all Canadians if we can take a very quick look at uh, violence and what does that mean and a few facts about violence in Canada and violence is of increasing concerns and should be for all Canadians and we are growing in our knowledge and the nature of violence and what does this mean This means that looking at our ideas of who are the perpetrators of violence and who are affected by violence. And we know those affected, directly affected, are called victims of violence. And so we are coming to realize that violence takes many more forms than just physical blows or wounds. It includes sexual assault, neglect, verbal attack, insults, threats, harassment, and other psychological abuses as well. And we also know that violence occurs in homes, workplaces, public institutions, schools, healthcare facilities, and the streets. And a few things we also know, um, that women and children are often the victims of violence. And not only does the violence affect the victims, but families and co-workers Uh, Service workers and the communities that the victims come from. All we know this as well, but it needs to be said again that all forms of violence have damaging short and long term effects on the emotional, mental, physical, and spiritual well being of again the directly affected families and communities. In Canada, violence has not been clearly identified as a priority. Health issue or addressed in the design and delivery of community health services or health promotion efforts yet. So, what must happen? There must be a systematic change in all of our sectors of society. And that includes the justice system. And by that, I mean the court system, to the policing system and health services, as well as all sectors. I recently, as I said, listened to that lawyer speak about human trafficking and how it was related to missing and murdered indigenous women and girls and that how the supreme court of canada from the top down from judges to lawyers that all of the justice system must make systematic changes um which are embedded uh, in their in their current structure of their justice system when they deal with indigenous people men and women but when they specifically deal with indigenous women who are victims of human trafficking so we all all play a role in not only a changing of the mindset but that looking at the what has been embedded through colonization and how we can change that how we must change that moving forward it's a role that we all have to play in this generation i was born a woman and having said that It puts me behind the eight ball just by being born a woman, or a girl, or female. And I'm even more at risk, 12 times more actually, at risk of going missing and murdered because I have brown skin, because I was born First Nations. That is the fact. That is the truth. And we are in an epidemic crisis for women, Indigenous women in this country despite the color of our skin.